Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's podcast. It is sponsored by Dante Zompetti with Movement Mortgage. If you know anyone looking for a VA loan, Dante Zompetti is a guy he can help. His NMLS number ID is a lot of numbers. And then go ahead, go say Dante. One four five two two five six. And then what's movements? Three uh three <laughs> one seven nine. All right. I'll He's our guest today. He is our sponsor. But uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world, some updates about what's going on in our businesses. Um, a big thing that has come up is CoStar pretty much calling Zillow out. And we're going to the details on that. Um, and then everything new. It's been a hot minute. So enjoy. Uh, yeah, rock out. Dude, I missed that beat. What, what did you just say? I said I Let's missed it. Rock, rock out. out. I had no idea what to say. That was rock, a dad. Rock out. That was trend. a dad. That was a dad comment for sure. Um, dude, I missed that beat. It has been forever. We had a lot going on. Your daughter's two months old, so it's probably been that long. <laughs> Maybe. Our last one we couldn't air because we all got kind of drunk and we're like, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't put that out there. <laughs> Dante, I, I'm pretty sure when I first met you, you didn't drink. Yeah. I know for a fact. Did you drink at the wedding at all? I remember. <laughs> you didn't drink at all, did you? At Sadler? At, yeah. No. Yo, yeah. Did you? I, I told him, I, was like, I don't that, think Dante had one. Yeah, because I kept telling Elizabeth to go get some. Oh, you nice. were, were you the kid in like <laughs> high school that would always fake drunk? So I would you know, come ho- come over with those duels and be like, hey, get this. And then they'd be like, I'm wasted. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> fake drunk all the time were you always yeah so we went to a wedding <laughs> for a, a associate here in our office it was a good time i literally had manhattans all night i drank bourbon all night woke up i mean i was tired and stuff but i felt great yeah i'm no longer gonna drink beer at a wedding it's just gonna be straight bourbon and i just make sure i get some chicken and some fresh squeezed lemonade at night before i go to bed i think i'll wake up just fine would you guys have delivered late night uh, some chicken place is actually really good, but the tenders were like tiny, but really good. I mean, it was good stuff. So for all of those interested in Cincinnati weddings, Trent recommends the tiny chicken tender place. <laughs> so plug them there and uh, sponsor. Use promo code Trent Bargy. Anyways. B-A-R-G-A for the tiny chicken fingers. But yeah, it was a good time. It was fun. I missed that. I was like, I haven't gotten the wedding hunt. Man, we're going to wear masks. They, did, like, a, they uh, did a pretty good job at the ceremony. I how think. would you know? I was at the ceremony. <laughs> I said I was at the ceremony. So we had to wear masks, but I don't think it killed. The only thing it killed was the food was actually good for a wedding. It was food. great. The I got the chicken. Was it wasn't dried out. It had like, it's, it was awesome. So but, two um, chicken meals. Anyways, it was a good time. The, what is it called? The view or? The view is where the reception was. The reception was. was. That was a cool yep. place. You could see out Cincinnati, over into Cincinnati because we're in Kentucky. So. Trent tried to throw me overboard. That was in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah it was across across the bridge. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was, it was oh, Mount St. Adams. Adams. It, yeah, shoot, my bad. Yeah, it was in Mount St. Adams. Before I had to turn around and go home, hmm. <laughs> I texted Trent. I said, "What's the address?" Well, we spoke while I was downtown. five minutes later. He's like, "I no, gotta go home." I mean, that's just not. I, I can pull the time. Trent, you also heard what Ben did to my wife, right? I don't want to know what happened to his wife. You can tell he scared the living daylights out of her because I would just expected her to have the times. 
So five minutes before one o'clock. Oh, no, you didn't. This is great. Oh, it's terrible. He calls me. Hey, man, where you at? What do you mean? Wedding's at two. Uh, no, dude. It's at one o'clock. It's five minutes from now. Why would you do that? My, my wife just screamed in the background. <laughs> poor, poor girl. Jeez. I was like, Ben, we're already kind of getting into it right now. I need you to be honest with me. What time is it? <laughs> Why would you do that? One o'clock. <laughs> you said she cried? Oh, dude. It, I don't think she cried, but it was bad. <laughs> What's it called where you want to see the world burn? Um, <laughs> like from the Batman? You'd, you'd be the guy to just steal rubies and bury them? I just... I don't want, I don't, that's a great point. I don't want the rubies, but I want you to not have them. (laughs) I want, I want to see the world burn. That's not true. Ben is trying to get me to divorce. That's not true. Well, you're, you're pretty good doing it yourself. So (laughs) is she a listener? Is she, is she a, Oh no, she wouldn't listen to you too. Is she a pursuiter? Mm -mm. We'll get her. Sometimes I listen to podcasts like, that I know I have, I have other friends start and there's always these like awkward gaps when they're talking. Oh, your friends have some podcasts. Uh, maybe not friends, but like people, you know, people I know. Yeah. And there's always these weird gaps. I'm like, man, you got to fill that. That's awkward. <laughs> We've had like 12 of them so far. I'm like, geez, I hope that they're not listening to my podcast and being like, ah, we're, we're perfect, man. You nothing, think nothing goes wrong. Have we deleted any episodes yet? Yeah. The last one. Well, that wasn't, that just was never aired. Yeah, we never know. We just straight launch them. We don't edit. We don't do anything. We say that all the time. Well, we do do editing. No, we don't. Yeah. What do I edit? Well, typically we spend about four. When you say we, do you mean me? I spend about, we spend about four hours recording. I can barely get you here on time. Which gets you about your 45 to an hour podcast. But I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into this, you know, before. So since really. I've never been on this podcast before, you know. You have been. We've, we've got a, we have, there's another episode with you on it. Yeah, not aired. Been on it. He's been on it before. That's yeah, right. not the one that, that the one that wasn't aired is the one that I was on. Oh, that's the first one. That's right. Yeah, turn your phone off. So, what is uh, the point of this podcast then? Well, <laughs> life in real estate, <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything. We talk about stuff. All right. So, tell me about the Zillow thing. I want to know more about this. So, I just read this recently where CoStar is a commercial type data analytic type thing. Um, they're they're looking at buying CoreLogic. They bought HomeSnap, um, but basically he, he's straight up said, I'm taking on Zillow. I don't like what they're doing with the agents because uh, this guy, he went to Princeton or Princeton. I think he went to Princeton. Yeah. He wrote like the first code for CoreLogic or something like that, like back then or whatever it was. Um, I think I have the right company. Don't don't quote me on that. But he's on a, his dad was an agent, so he's all agent-centric. He's like, I don't like what Zillow's doing, so we're going to get in the game where he's like, we're going for Zillow. I was like, oh, he just said it. He just said it. So, and everyone knows if you don't know, Core Logic's a huge data analytics for real estate. Everyone pulls that's where everyone from house or mortgages, housing, all that stuff they pull their information from Core Logic. So, let I from what I know about uh, CoStar, it's very little. It was a commercial platform, they had syndications with like LoopNet and all these others. So, what do they have to do with the residential space? Because Zillow has no interest in the commercial space. They're moving into residential. So from moving. my understanding, because they bought HomeSnap for $250 million, Yeah. which I use. Um, I would have thought that that evaluation would have been higher than $250 million. That's what million. I thought. But HomeSnap wasn't much of anything. It's better. Than, I, like, I don't mind jumping on it now to look up some stuff. Um, 
but that's pretty cheap to get in the residential space. So CoreLogic and Coast and CoStar are the same? No, no. I, they're they're trying to buy CoreLogic, I believe. They bought HomeSnap for 250. They bought someone else for like some 193 million cash. And their whole like that. goal is to stop Zillow. You won't ever stop them, but compete and like take them like rival them basically which is good for agents for if they do what they're doing i don't know the competition's great anything about it i can only read the two great. paragraphs because i don't pay for inman is, <laughs> is uh i ain't paying them does, they hate us does inman hate hates keller, keller williams. williams hates him yeah if you don't know gary keller like paid for all the subscriptions and then he just stopped they're like they're all about exp yeah. but then like they'll kind of talk positive about keller williams because you cannot not talk positive about them yes so they have to but anyways, but that's kind of what's going on. So Zillow might have like a hardcore competitor. So where do you where do you compete with Zillow, right? So if we're if we're on a whiteboard right now, your how, clients, where do you compete? You compete by getting the eyeballs off of Zillow and onto another platform. But what do you do that Zillow doesn't do? Okay, so people have people do take issue a lot now. They understand the zestimate isn't accurate they understand that zillow is often not accurate right so the best thing you can do is create a more accurate now we're just talking right so do you create a more accurate platform but then you have to get the the information out there so how do you steal eyeballs from a company that's been the only company that does it you've got trulia realtor.com homes.com uh i mean a hundred other websites and they don't use those they all use zillow so how do you steal eyeballs so zillow's been in the market for like 15 years so seo stuff like that they, what they do they buy up a lot of addresses they bought up every address. address so when you search type an address you're starting to see some others but yeah they buy all that up you're not going to take them all off They're, and people get mad because the z the zillow estimate but they also get mad because of when you call and you want to talk to the agent they really try to sell you and they yes. try to steal you away from whoever you're with and then they're all of a sudden like, they hang up on you. Because that's what happened to me quite. It started happening a lot more of Zillow leads I was getting. So I'm like, eh. But that's the only thing you can do if you're a new person coming in. My, they're way smarter than me, yeah. but you have more better information like you're getting at. You, you guys want to hear my um, my Zillow response, how they are, how their customer service works? Here's a, here's yeah. a recent thing that's happened to me. A uh, couple weeks ago, my card got stolen, right? So we had oh, to no. shut down the card. Well, I've been sending in notification emails into the Premier Agent platform, text messages, emails, calls. Okay. Hey, I've got three listings right now that are active that your site is showing are pending. Well, there's a syndication issue. No, there's not because my listings still go out, but it doesn't right. go back from when it goes pending to active. So I don't know if you guys need to figure it out, but somebody needs to switch these to active because... Despite what we say, or, or what our, despite our best wishes, people still look at Zillow, and when it shows pending, we lose showings. Simple as that. Yeah, they don't click. So I'm not getting a response from anybody from on Zillow's end. Okay. Nobody's responding. Nobody's responding. Well, remember, my card got shut down. Uh, so my bill comes out yesterday. Well, doesn't go through. Guess who calls me within five minutes? Zillow, get Zillow their money. to get their money to which I said, I'll happily pay you once you once, fix my, once issue. You fix my <laughs> issue. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're, it's a totally different department. Great. 
Get it fixed. Get it fixed and send me a link with that department. And then we will be canceling our Zillow. <laughs> I thought you said you already did. Once I get these issues fixed. Oh, because so another agent in our office is running into this problem that if you are a regular agent, you can't get anything done. But if you're a, right. if you're a premier agent, they can change your information, which <sighs> at its core is a very bad thing. Yes. Like you are supposed to be working for the agents, but really you only work for the agents who pay you. So pay us money and we'll fix the issue that the public sees. I mean, I don't, I'm not a lawyer, but I feel like there's a, a solid lawsuit in there. Not really. You're not paying customer. They don't care. But we're, we're giving them our information. That the board, the, you pay to put the, the board gives them the information. But they're giving, they're presenting the information wrong and not fixing it. They're being made right. aware of the situation. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're they're being made aware of the situation, but not fixing it. But they're only fixing the issues that are. Well, see here. So that's a great point you brought up. Because someone else I read in a group, it's kind of the same. They brought up something about how like Zillow is like advertising Fizbos and their brokers now, and you're not allowed to do that, I guess, or whatever, without representation. So now to become a broker, they start getting those legal issues, kind of like what Redfin is now, where they're not offering their services be like in Atlanta, Georgia, or whatever, below three hundred thousand dollars, and not offering services to people. So they got sued and are going to court because of redlining. Yeah, like saying we're not going to work with people of a certain price point. Which is illegal, and yeah. Dante, you know that you can't. Redline comes from more of the mortgage side, so they're like, "Well, if we do that, we can't pay the people salary, all these wages and stuff." I'm like, "Hey, bro, welcome to the real estate world. Welcome to real estate. You, you can't, guys. you can't not work with someone just because of their sex, race, color, anything yeah. like that, sexuality. Like, you work with them. Yep. Just because you're gonna lose money, that's part of the business. There's deals we've done where we, if you look at your time per hour put in, Dante could probably, um fall in line on the mortgage side, you lose money with some people you work with. Yes. Not just their fault necessarily, but and, and just some, the name of the I mean, game. Some deals are more in the car. You're you're driving around more. You've got hiccups. You've got to come down a little bit on, su- on stuff. It's, it, it's and, different. And remember, at the end of the day, we don't make that 3%. <laughs> that 3% does not go into our pocket. But that's another issue that's coming about is the attack on the commission. I think that's the main thing that's going to happen is people are going to say, well, why would I not just sell for somebody for 1%? And the main mm-hmm. thing that uh, the the big focus is not going to be Zillow and Trulia because we're always going to have that competition, but it's how yeah. do you how do you prove that you're worth 3% because we're selling more houses than ever, right? So you look at like Wall Street back in the day. Those guys were making insane commissions. On those on those trades, and you know they were living great, and that's kind of what people think we're living like, but we're not. So, how do you earn your three percent? Is really what I'm trying to get at. But then, it's more expensive now to sell houses than it was 20 years ago. Yep. So you have to sell more houses to make the same income because when I if I sold five million 20 years ago, I'm a top agent. Five million because I. When you're doing that, you're having to drive contracts around, mm-hmm. but you're you're not paying a whole lot of fees. But to sell five million now, you have all these fees, you have all these charges. Well, you have you should you should you should put more effort into selling a house these days because there's more there's more opportunity. Some say it is easier, right? So you use technology, systems, processes, and people to your and leverage it out. But I think what people miss is like when you're an individual agent, yeah, you're making good money, yes. but. When you're trying to grow yourself, when you get in the business mindset, and you're actually growing yourself as a business. That's where you're seeing those numbers come up. 
And why you technically make less per house because you have more expenses, you should be providing a lot better service, yep. which turns into repeat referrals, items like that, which is where, <clears throat> go back to what you said, compete with like Zillow and stuff. Maybe not as a company, but as an agent, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think the Bolton Group is going to compete with Zillow as a company, but I will compete with other agents who are no longer competing in the industry is competing against Zillow. Did I answer that poorly? I think I did. Uh, good enough. What about you, Don? I mean, what about mortgages? What's the biggest threat to you guys right now? Zillow. Really? Yeah, they got mortgages too. Explain why Zillow is the biggest threat. It's all the same issues. Dude, imagine if we get every agent lender, like just in the Dayton area, just to, like drop Zillow. Why are we not though? The like, that's my issue. Because people are like, I get leads. But if we could show them how you get leads, no matter what, because everyone has it in their mind, like Zillow leads are, I'm going to get buyers and sellers, which you will, but at what cost? There's never been an easier way to make five million, to sell $5 million in real estate than Zillow without doing it. If I, if you're a new agent, you can pay $2,000 a month. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, the problem is, and both, I mean, I, I know lenders that I can't even say the numbers that they, they spend on, on Zillow and the same thing with agents. And mm-hmm. in, in every case though, just because you get $5 million nowadays, who knows what their actual cost for that is. Right. I mean, it, it's astronomical the amount of money that people are paying to those companies. But even, I mean, there's a competition for us and, you know, even Quicken or Better.com and some of these online games that Rock talk a mortgage. good game. <clears throat> yeah, there's even another one that starts with a K. But, <laughs> you know, basically they're call centers. And the problem, the biggest problem with all of them is most people don't understand mortgages, so they don't know how to compare apples to apples. Right. Multiple times I've had that where, you know, they'll show me a Quicken estimate. I'm thousands cheaper. And I'm somebody in in person with you. I think, I think the issue, I think the benefit that Dante says is the same benefit that I feel with mortgages and insurance, right? I use Rob for insurance, not because right. he's the cheapest, but because when something happens to my house or car, I can call my insurance broker. It's a relationship. Exactly. I can, I use Dante for loans and I prefer when my clients use Dante for loans because if there's an issue, I can call him. Right. And there's not a... Uh, extension to reach him. It's like the Zillow issues. Yes. I mean, the same issues happen to other lenders. I've heard them. (laughs) Is that what our clients feel about agents is my question. They want to use us because when there's an issue, they can call us or... It depends. I think that depends on the agent. I think it's like if you got an agent who's like, okay, this is someone I want to work with for the rest of their life and my life. What can I do to go above and beyond your typical agent build that relationship and then like staying like we talk about the database all the time. Like you want to stay in relationship. Like Dante has an advantage over online people. Cause like, yeah, they don't know. Um, they just say rocket mortgage as an yeah. example. They yeah. don't say carry at rocket mortgage. Yeah. Now with Dante, they don't say movement mortgage. They say, yeah, I use Dante. He's my lender. Yeah. There's that, di- there's that difference. And you're going to have, you always have those people who are like analytics. Give me the numbers. I want the cheapest. Don't care about the service or whatever. So <laughs> Save me the money. Or you got people who are really, but if relationship you, based, what's I the book I just, oh my God, I wish I, uh, the little red book of sales. It talks about that. that Dittmer. Dittmer. Yeah. If you, the people that sit there and crunch numbers from you from the beginning are often not the clients you want. You're not going to keep them long term. Well, they're not, 
they're the cl- they're they'll the, always find somebody cheaper. They'll, they're they always never want to be in the price right. game. Yeah, if you the second you're in the price game, you've lost because somebody will undercut you, and that's it. Yep. And those are not the clients you want. A majority of people aren't in the price game. So, so I, did I tell you guys yeah. when I sold my house before I was in you know mortgages or anything? Did yeah. I tell you that story? No. I I, I did go to a, a limited listing agent. You know, and I'm not going to use the name, even though I remember it to this day and it's burned in my mind because <laughs> just because I got to do it all for $500 was the yeah. worst experience of my life. It was terrible. The agent called me asking what the lockbox number was that yeah. he put on. I'd never seen it. I don't know what the lockbox number is. You you have, it's your lockbox. So why, why, hang on, hang on. Why do you think he didn't know a lockbox number? He just didn't know anything. He didn't like. I asked one. Why didn't he know anything? I, 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 well, that's why. That's what the, I got. I got what I paid getting, for. The point I'm getting at about <laughs> this conversation, people. I if I'm in a listing appointment, I'll tell people. I was like, can you go lower? I was like, I was like, I don't. I know people who do go lower. I'll be more than happy giving you their yeah, information. The but the reason they are low is all they care about is quantity. They don't care about you or what you your price. They're just like, if I get forty listings this month. I don't care what they sell for. I don't care how long it takes to sell. I have 40 listings. He's just prospecting to get numbers because all he cares, he gets 500 bucks up front. Mm-hmm. These people do not wait it until takes they takes five sell. minutes to put in a listing. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. you can give me $500. I'll put it in the MLS <laughs> and you'll never hear from me again. So I had this conversation with someone. Let me That's know exactly if you think this works, Ben. Strap up. I say, okay, so you're paying him 500 bucks. That doesn't sound like a bad deal. So it takes him 10 minutes. Let's say 15 minutes to plug that in. So you're basically paying two thousand dollars to put your information in online. Well, no, it's only five hundred. I'm like, yeah, but your price per hour, you're paying two thousand dollars an hour. Who are you paying two thousand dollars an hour? Unless you're like going to jail for crime, like a murder, you I'd pay a lawyer two thousand dollars an would hour. Pay, but I would but pay thing, my as, heart surgeon two thousand dollars. Yeah, as hour. a consumer, though, I didn't know the difference. That's the biggest thing. Is I, it, it was the first time I sold a house. I didn't yeah, know. All tough. I saw was that three percent seemed a lot higher than five hundred bucks, and it is. And, but I it didn't always know the difference. Is, it always will be. The, the difference is you, as long as you have a, I don't say a good script or sales presentation, but I think if you can say, this is what we do, how we act, this is our process, and you can go A to Z, you're more but likely I, to get them. I would say you guys even have a further step of getting to that point. Like for me, an agent wouldn't have even been able to get a listing agent at that, a listing appointment at that time. Cause I was just already mentally like, I, I can do it myself. I don't need anybody. Yeah. I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. You weren't going to change your mind. Yeah. Like we can't make people buy or sell there. You have to work with people who are willing to buy and or there sell. There are what? 1% so two. There are 200,000 houses in the Dayton area that sell. Is that right? So no, 200 is 1%. Like There's 200 times a hundred is 20,000. So 20,000 houses sell a year in the Dayton area ish. That's 10% of the houses? Is that what you're saying? It's 1%. One, the highest person in our area has 1% of the market, and she's done like 263 units this year. That's low that's, for her. That's 0.1%. No, it's 1%. So either way, 1% of the market, if 1% of the market decides to do uh, for sale by owner... Mm-hmm. Okay, there's still 99% of the market to deal with. Yeah, there's still plenty of opportunities. I'm okay if I if if you if you said, hey Ben, you have access to 99% of the market. I'm in. I'm in. Sure. That's so funny. Sure, I I can't get one percent. Is the one percent I don't have access to? 
Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, that's, what, a, that's a great market for me to get you into. You still have but, access to but it, But I still too. sit here and bitch about the $500 listing agents. Well, why don't we as agents come together with the agents who aren't doing discounts and work together and say, hey, this is why you use an agent. Because if yeah. we sit there, right, why do we talk about other countries, right? What's the what's the Chinese and Russian approach to America? Well, get them to fight. <laughs> we'll get them to fight. Supposedly. Supposedly. So what does Zill have to do? Well, get agents get to fight. Get agents to fight. For leads. For leads and, oh, I'm better than this agent. This agent's good. And we'll, we'll sit there and fight and we'll kill ourselves from the beginning. You know, yeah, in mortgages, it's the same as real estate though too. The having the conversation that Trent said earlier is the hardest conversation in all of the, like everything with the client, the hardest conversation is to say, I'm not going to budge on my price. Yeah. So give me, all right, give me five minutes here. So for those who don't know, I took over the team leader role in our office. Congratulations. Thank you. Which I still got my team working, but I'm finding agents kind of take over that business and I'll still manage it from the outside, but we're still working. I'm still working on finding agents. So if you want to join an awesome team, you're going to make some dough on, let me know. Anyways. So when I, when I talk to other agents from our brokerages, right? And I call out, I'm like, Hey, this is Trent with Keller Williams community partners. You know, I'm just reaching out to build relationships with agents in the area. get to know, like, what are you looking to improve on your business? And they typically all they say is I'm happy where I'm at. You know, I'm not going to move. I'm like, perfect. I'm not trying to get you to move. And I go through the conversation where I'm like, well, what can I do? What can I do to help make you better? And they will kind of be like, well, why would you do that? I'm like, cause listen, we're not fighting with each other. I was like, I always tell him Gary Keller, who was our CEO, the owner was like, we're not trying to take out Remaxes or cool bankers. We're just trying to like be agent focused and centric yep. for everyone to do. We want everyone to do that. They're like, well, why? I'm like, well, we're competing with Zillow and all these third party industries. You're taking 30, 40% off the top of our commission splits anyway, which by the way, the, our clients don't know about. So if I can make you a better agent and then people see you as a good agent, then they start seeing as everyone as a good agent then we all win because they're not going to go to Zillow and these other uh, discount places. Because at the end of the day, if we're looked at worse than like dentist or like used car salesman, so if I can help one agent a week get better and just look better with their clients, it makes the whole industry in our area look better. And maybe they rely less on Zillow, which gives the power back to the agents, which I think the NAR and our board have like thrown us underneath the board or the and bus I, with. And I don't think it's... So Zillow's motto is power to the people, right? If yeah. we say power to the agent, that, we're, that makes it sound like we're taking the information away from the public. No, not so at all. So I think, I think that giving information to the public is great. I think that's where we need to be at. So right. give information to the public, please. But like when you sit there and you're... Well, giving that information to the public allows us to do more units. Yes. If we had a, a standard paper book and we had to go through and hand it to people or look through there... That's why you couldn't do a thousand deals. Now you, you can. To pick up a, you have to pick up the keys from the broker. Yeah. The broker's office, go to the showing, unlock it, go back, drop the keys off, do that seven more times. They may buy a house. Right. And I, I think, can't imagine selling houses back then. And when Zillow says power of the people, this goes for both agents and mortgages. Like it's not power of the people, it's power to these three agents that are paying. It's power to yep. those two mortgage lenders. Like they're not giving, if they actually want power, people would say, here's houses for sale. Here's every agent in the area that does deals. Not the ones that pay, every single agent. But guess what? They don't. Have you seen that uh, commercial for, and Dante, we're, I apologize that it's very agent focused, but this is the same thing that you guys are dealing with. So chime in on your end. But there's a commercial that came out that, hey, uh, sign up and 
we'll interview agents for as low as 1% to sell your house. And then the guy comes on. He's like, but we're not a discount broker. <laughs> so what are you talking You guys talk. About? I'll be back in, in a second. What do you have to do? Dude, an agent just popped over. Had no idea he's coming. Said he wants to come here. He's a top producer from another office. So I got to talk to him. Here? Yeah. Bring him on. <laughs> no, that ain't happening. Bring so, him on the pod. You two ladies keep chit chatting. I'll be right back. Let me see your phone real quick. So there's actually a company that does the same thing. I mean, you know, better, what is it, Lending Tree or Lending Club or whatever the ones are. They do the same thing with mortgages. Hold on one second. <laughs> Hold on. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Trent's been drinking. No, he hasn't. So... Tell, talk to me, Dante. You and I always have, this is weird because you and I have these conversations like every day. Yeah. But we've never done it on the pod. And now it's just you and me. You know, nobody knows me on the pod because I've never been on the pod before. You. So nobody knows about who I am or anything. All right. So now we're off the rails. Give, give, give my, give my bio. What, what's All what's right. good with me? Um, talk, talk good about me. This is Dante's on Petty with Movement <laughs> Mortgage. Um, Dante, Dante has held every sales job uh, under you, the sun. Under the sun, <laughs> from selling direct church directories to multi-level marketing. Um, you got into mortgages maybe two years ago. Just about about two over. years ago. He was with a different uh, office, switched over to movement um, and joined in when we opened up our Keller Williams office. Uh, for those who don't know, movement and Keller Williams have a lot of the same mission, vision, values, um, God, family, business. And in, in this world, that's pretty rare. But uh, so you joined in with our office. From what I understand, you were uh, you produced. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't very good at the you time. Weren't Is very that what you're going to say? Yeah, you it wasn't that I wasn't very good. I just I was new. I was green. So Dante had all the time in the world to work on my mortgage. Yeah. How about that? So I I certainly was not an easy person for Dante to get financing for, but he was uh he he I had him for every minute because he was getting started. And then I don't know if you if you remember this, but you told me when you you're like, Yeah, I've never had one get uh, I've never had one not go through. Like, so you haven't had that many is what I thought. <laughs> but, I mean, so when I yeah, first so, started at this office, I had done uh, like, let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So now one year later, Dante's here at 5 a.m. Stays until 9 p.m. Has a very supportive wife who does <laughs> let him work that late. Um, she likes the rewards. She does like the rewards and it's good, um, but he's, you're on track to be one of the top mortgage uh, mortgage um, persons in the office and in the top 8% in the country, yeah. not just with movement, but with loan officers in general. So for that one-year transition, Dante's crushing it. He's growing a team. So again, he does sponsor the pod, but Trent and I send all of our business to him. So <laughs> uh, we would recommend if you are looking for a loan, call me. Uh, Trent's now a team leader, so he's no longer in the business. So <laughs> that's not true. Don't say uh, that. <laughs> call me, and we'll send you up and hook you up with Dante. So that's yeah, my intro. I, I appreciate that, Ben. I mean, that's uh, you know, 
toot my own horn, but no, I, uh, I didn't have much business going on when I first got to this office. And even honestly, that first year, um, I mean, I did a little bit. How I did many some, loans did you do your first year? Uh, my first year. Can you did, hear me good? Yeah. Okay. 44 loans, 40 something like that. Did about 6 million in, in business that first year. What's the average? Um, industry average. I, I would say, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers. Um, but I know, like the one statistic for 2020 was something like, um, you know, to be in the top 50%, you would want to, you need to do about 60 loans a year. See, I, I, 2020 kills me because for your stats as well as my stats, if I looked two years ago, <laughs> I'd be a top 100 agent. Yeah. Yeah. If you looked two years ago, you'd be a top 100 loan officer. Yeah. But 2020 is absurd yes, and, and great. I mean, it's great for the industry. It's great for the market. But everybody's slinging houses. Yeah, and that's—I mean, honestly, like we've—I've had that you know conversation multiple times over with some of my coaches and and people. But um, you know, as I'm growing the team, uh, the, the numbers don't lie. I mean, you know, in, in mortgages, it's all about purchase refi. You know, I mean, we had a refi boom in 2020. Yep, crazy refi boom. Ninety percent of my business still was purchases. Really? Yeah. Were you turning down refis just because you couldn't run them, or? To, I, I just didn't go after it. I, I the refis I did were ones that had been dropped into my lap. Do you still make the same points on that on a refi? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why, why a lot of London, you, that's why, refis are so much easier. Why would you choose to do stay with loans? Actually, actually I, I can't stand refis. Really? Why is that? Yeah, there's no uh, time commitment to the person. Ah, you know they don't have any dedicated reason to finish this. They they heard they could save a hundred bucks. And let's let's be real. Nobody likes dealing with getting the bank statements exactly how the lender wants it. Nobody likes dealing with finding your W-2s. So I, I get it. I mean, I can't stand most of it, what I have to deal with to myself, but it's part of the game. And after 2008 and all of the other checks and balances we really needed in our industry, it's it's necessary, but it definitely is a bog. So when you do a refinance, you just have to have everything in order. And, and that's not something a lot of people have quick access to, so... It gets pushed back to the back of their mind, but if they're buying a new house, the excitement—it's—it's it's, you know they're going to get the documents. Timeline on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'll, you'll, one of the things I think it's funny if you if you're hearing this and you have been talking to a loan officer, you know, early 2020, 2019, and then you never heard from them again, and then they out of the woodwork start calling you again. Just remember they they had a nice little refi boom, so that's why they're calling you back because now that refis are drying up, they're going to call. <laughs> so refis are slowing down. Uh, that's actually still up year over year, but to the extent that what was going on this year, yeah. Well, I mean, down. sure. If I've got an 800s credit score and I can get two and a half and four years ago, I bought it at four, four percent. Yeah. I mean, point the, and a half. The numbers sure. are crazy. I did a, a VA loan just not even two years ago. She was at a 4.75 and she had decent credit. Her credit went up a little bit. We just did. We just closed it at 2.75. I mean. Obviously, these are not specific numbers. You know, whatever my legal claims are, we'll make sure they're in there. But uh, but that's free money. All things being equal, on that on that client, it's a couple hundred dollars difference. So I mean, it's just. Uh, I better not be COVID. It's it's not. You know, I'm, I'm having a drink right now. So. Ah, uh, Dante doesn't drink. Alcohol. Alcohol. So. What is going to be your biggest hurdle in 2021 with industry and with your personal business? So the industry's expectations are refis are going to be about a trillion dollars less this next year. Okay. 
But um, if it, that only counts for 10% of your business, whatever. My personal business is not going to be affected. My my personal business, I'm shooting as I grow the team. Uh, I'm shooting for about a 50% increase in volume. Okay. So. Okay. So that doesn't answer either of my questions. What is your biggest hurdle yeah. with the industry and with your personal business? Mm, I guess it, it, the roundabout answer to it is building the team out. Okay. So there's a lot of loan officers like me that can hustle, can do good work, but let's be frank. My my three year old isn't going to want me at fi- at work five a.m. to nine p.m. every day. Correct. For the rest of my life, so um, I got to build the team out. I got to work on getting some production items in, in place. Um, it's the same thing. I think we all grow through. I mean, Keller Williams has a great. I mean, I mean how many classes of Keller Williams have I sat with you guys in trying to learn the the program? Because it's. I tell you what, when I first got into real estate and everything they talk about is you need to make your hire higher higher and i'm like <laughs> can we do like a class for me and it's like holy shit now that you're at this point it's like oh you really do need a hire oh that's the biggest that there are there are agents in this this market and god bless them she's doing maybe 40 50 million dollars a year and she runs it by herself and i'm like how yeah loan off there's there's loan officers that do i mean one guy is slated to do $100 million in this year, and I think it was like four or 500 loans, and he's it's literally him and one processor. So is their system just so good, or are they just working too much? That's my question. That, that, that's working something I much. wrestle with myself is like, are my systems just not good enough? No. No. It's not. I mean, the systems, to the extent, I mean, I'm sure you and I both have systems that we need to work on and get sure, better. Sure, everybody does. But there's no way that the, the number and, and the – the difference makers on these things. And that's, I look at one of the things that I, I looked for coaches specifically for that. Cause I didn't want a coach that was just like, Oh, work harder. That's all your answer is. I, I wanted can, the, yeah, I can work harder. That I'm not worried about. I can like wake up earlier and stay up later. I don't, I just don't want to. Well, yeah. Well, I, I can't at this point. I, I literally don't have times for it. <laughs> <laughs> You've officially maxed out your 24 hours. Yeah. I have to have at least an hour with my son, you know, at night. And that's like, basically other than what I do with the work right now. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like there's a season for that. Everybody should have that yes. kind of season. Um, but that doesn't mean I want to be doing that long term 20 years from now. And uh, I don't know for me, I think the biggest thing is the systems. And I was talking with actually one of the insurance agents, you know, we, we work with and um, we were talking about the same thing about building out the systems. And, and we talked about like one of the things I like about Keller is, is that they, they talk about the systems and the trainings but those things are universal. The same basic yes. principle that you guys do with your hiring an admin instead of hiring another producer. Like I, I, you know, there's no reason for me to hire on another loan officer to do like that. That doesn't help me with a system of, <laughs> well, it's all, it's, 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 uh, it's that yellow brick road thing, right? The path to success is very easy. <laughs> not, not when I say easy, it's there. I mean, it's simple, it's, but it's not easy. It's simple. It's laid out for you. You read two business books. You've got it. So yeah, I use the example. I read the one thing was one of the first, you know, personal growth books I've ever read. Great book. It's like, again, I, it makes sense. And since I've read, you know, however, other many personal growth books, it's like every other book has some reference to one thing. <laughs> And it's like it's all it's all starting to get regurgitated, but it's like why am I why am I not? I have a hard time. Like I mean, you've seen my library. I have yeah. a real hard time 
reading modern books because 99% of the information there is just, it's repackaged. And sometimes there are some books that I can look at and say, this one's really good, even though it's basically the same information. But it's, I, I, I think that some of the books that you read, like, like Dittmer's book is the one we just read, Little Red Book of Sales. It's not even like a book. It's like a manual. Yeah. It's a great book, and it's got a lot of facts. But, I mean, it's it's pretty tough I mean, to read just because it is. He wrote it when he talks about VHS taping. <laughs> but then there's crazy things in it where he talks about how, how important video is. See, but and I, that's 1990 where he's like, oh, you need to be doing videos. I, I'm I'm personally of the opinion most people, I mean, this is kind of, you and I have had a little bit of this conversation before, but I'm of the opinion more people need to be having personal development books. If, if you haven't read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah, I, I don't care what any of the other modern day technique for online content and blah, blah, blah is. That doesn't matter anything if you don't know how to smile. Yeah. Like, if you don't know how not to condemn people or other, like all those little things. And I, so I, I mean, my top probably five books are all from, and, and I, I realize, and you make fun of me for it a little bit, but I realize most of them come from the network marketing time, but I'm telling you the, but, so, and there's network marketing. <laughs> I have an issue with, I have, <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it up. I'm sorry. All right. Here's my issue. I have a sister who's very successful in network marketing. Very, very successful. She absolutely crushes it. I was never that one. I never did. <laughs> the issue I have with network marketing is that, again, much like real estate, there are top performers who have a lifestyle that those joining want. Mm. And they make it look very easy. And it is a very... I would I would bet to say what's the what's the success rate in network marketing? Just oh. average success rate, ten percent, twenty percent? No, less than that. I'm sure. Well, the success rate in real estate seventy percent. It's because they. But it's also what is success? You know, that's one of the things I always talked about. You know, success. Six, yeah, it's defined differently. I would say okay, retention rate. How many people are still doing network marketing? It's seventy yeah. percent first year in real estate. So, so you know, success though is, did you get out of it what you came in for? And a lot of times the answer is no. Let's just. So then let's talk about retention. You know, real estate. So the same way. I mean, how many there's there's agents. The retention rate doesn't stay forever. No, and there are agents who do twenty million and then one year just are gone. They decide that they want to get out of the game, which is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, and you know, I, th I don't know. Ben and I have had all these conversations many times because I loved my time in network marketing and I grew as a person immensely. I never made the kind of money that I got in for it, if but I will were. not. I will not disparage it because I also believe I every single friend that I had that joined network marketing went on to do amazing things other places. If you oh, if you if you. If you go, just like any other thing, if you go to the classes, if you invest yourself into it, you're going to be successful. Mm. Network marketing success. forces you to be bold and not give a shit what anybody thinks about you. <laughs> Hopefully, otherwise you're going to get hurt real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it's that's what to me network marketing is, that it, 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 it calluses you in sales. But, yeah. <laughs> I know that firsthand. But that, I, I do think that there is something to be said about the personal development. You know, I think it's uh, 
um, man, why am I blanking on his name right now? Stephen Covey talks about it in his book, um, The Seven Habits. A lot of people skim over that first chapter, which is the personality ethic versus character ethic. Man, that is the biggest thing in the world to me. Because he, all his, like, if you look at everything from his book before, actually, it's like 50 years before he says, it's all about character. What's your character like? What's, you know, the internal things and everything modern. And you, and you see, like, even Gitmer, like, some of those, those types, or I mean, even, I don't know. I mean, like, there's just so many different of the, the modern day ones that I, I don't want to be critical of them as saying that they're wrong, but. You know, it's it's what is that? Put, putting lipstick on a pig. It's yeah, doing all these things, and and you can feel it. The, the biggest thing is, I think you can feel with agents, loan officers. Do they care about me, or are they just trying to get their dollar? Once you care about people, and it's hard. Believe me, there are plenty of people that make it hard. <laughs> I am really struggling to care about you, sir. <laughs> but it's it's true, and and if we start to treat it. I mean, I, I'm just as guilty as there is There is no agent in the world that's got it figured out. And I'm just as guilty of, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it does become tough to see where they're coming from, mm. right? It's been a hell of a transaction. You've been beaten down. But you have to, like, take that step back and remember, okay, right, they may not have the same personality as me, but how stressed was I when I was buying my first house? How stressed was I when I was selling my first house? It's not an easy process, right? Because no matter when you're selling, unless you're an investor, there is emotion involved, right? It's the house that you brought your first home, your first kid home to that you're selling, or you saved up five years, or you built your credit for two years for this moment, and you have this vision for those years of what it's going to be like. And when it's not like that, it upsets you. But the person who's responsible for it to not be like that is getting frustrated. So how do I, how do I take that step back in that moment? And right. So, you know, they talk about Navy SEALs talk about I'm in combat and I've got bullets flying at me every other direction and I stay calm. How do I stay calm? And that's one, that's one of the things I do like about the SEALs like Jocko and those things is they, it, it isn't necessarily personality. I'll, I, no. I guess Jocko might be a little personality stuff. Jocko's a little personality stuff, but, but the, the, what I really like the Osama bin Laden killer. Um, Oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. He, I, I've been listening to his speeches a lot, and there's so many just like little tidbits. It's like, whoa. Do you read or do you audio book? A little bit of both. I uh, I get the best information from reading. Yep. But I enjoy a story audio. Mm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So when it's facts and information, I read. But when there's a story to be told, I find the meaning of the story in audio. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that, you, you get engrossed in it. Yeah. I, I, I do a little of both. Audiobook is just because it's so much simpler and easier to get. I'll tell you a story from one of these speeches that that guy gave. He uh, it's he was also, the guy who was on the Osama Bin Laden was also on the Maersk, Alabama. Um, okay. And he shares a story about how he's at, it's his birthday, right? He's at his kid's um daycare and she's or whatever and they're having this thing and he share he shares that navy seals were started because of uh ocean hostages okay that's what they were started but they hadn't done it in 30 years and in these cages they have all their equipment and they train with their equipment and when it's done it's supposed to be organized and ready to go at a moment's notice 
And he's saying, you know, you take the stuff out and you put it there. And he goes, I get a call. We got to go. We're going to go get this guy. So he leaves his daughter's school, picks up the bag, goes and he's on the plane and he's in the ocean in 14 hours. It's like, you know how easy it would have been to not get my stuff ready, <laughs> to not be prepared for that moment because mm. it hadn't happened in 30 years. Well, it happened that night yeah. and he was ready. So I, I hear that and I'm all fired up. There's a, there's a punchline to this. I'm fired up. I'm like, that is so fucking sick. Like always be ready. At a moment's notice, always have your mind ready. Always be physically ready. Always be business ready for yeah. any conversation, anything that comes up. And that night, Logan wakes up at 4 a.m. <laughs> and uh, she's got some boogers and we needed the snot sucker. And before I went to bed, I didn't clean it. Uh. Like, I'm such a lazy piece of shit compared to these Navy SEALs <laughs> that I'm all in on this moment's notice. Be ready for anything. And I didn't clean my daughter's snot sucker. <laughs> It's easy to get engrossed in the story without remembering it's us, too. <laughs> Implementation. You can read as many books as you want. Mm. If you don't implement it, that's a big issue I have. What about you? Where that I was, man, my, that was my 20s. And, you, and we've talked about that because I, I did that a lot. I mean, I, I, read, like, I, I have a huge library, and I yeah. read a ton. But I was in network marketing, and I was scared out of my mind to, to do the things I needed to, to yeah. contact people. And, um, I, you know, I had such a hard time with the turndown and the rejection yeah um the irony is i've done a lot of different sales and been rejected a different lot of different places <laughs> i know how valuable video is on social media yeah. <laughs> i've heard every single guy every single social media expert say don't worry if it's not perfect just post it out there <laughs> yeah but and here i am with no videos online i know that i know that the secret they're telling me is video but it's not perfect yeah even though they tell you that's my big issue is I know, I know the path to success. I just need to fucking take the yellow, yellow brick road. That's paved for me. Mm. Just do it. Stop worrying about what other people think. I think that's the big issue I have. I can understand. I can see that when it yeah. comes to analysis paralysis. Out there. Yeah. Analysis paralysis. That's why I like to hide behind a cell phone. Cold call. <laughs> Cause I don't have to put my face out there. I know that there's money if I put my face out there. But I don't want people to see it because <laughs> I'm self-conscious. Yeah. Now this is therapy. You want to hear my other demons? This is, this is why it's a podcast, not a video podcast. Hey, well, Trent keeps trying to take these videos. I'm like, buddy, I got to sit up straight, suck in. What are you doing? We just trying to get the content out there. <laughs> All right. I know you have to go. Uh, Trent apparently left us for Trent good. Trent apparently left us for good. So I don't know how to end these podcasts. Can I just hit this button? He normally does a sound off, so... I'm going to hit that button. Hit that one. Nothing. Is there a sound? Slide the bottom... Th slide the far right thing up. Nope. This one? Other way. Other side. Other side. Down. Slide that up about halfway. Maybe the other one. To the left of that. Now press that button. Ah. Ta-ta, friends. <laughs> <laughs>